Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Uh, another edition of the Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast. I'm Beth Duran. I'm always joined by Ricky Romero. Thank you for joining us wherever you may be. Who's not with us today? Because I think uh, he lost the internet on the farm, or he's building a new cabin, or he's hunting, or he's doing something. The one and only Josh Tolley uh, called this last minute and said, guys, you know how he gets, guys, I hate to do this to you, uh, but Tolley's not available today. We do miss him. Uh, we were not able to be here last week because I was busy working. I had uh, two fights that I worked uh, that were pretty cool. And Rick, uh, before we get going, one of the fights that I worked, uh, it was a kid named Hackett who was from Toronto. So I mentioned oh, to him, wow. he's a heavyweight kid and uh, he's like 30 years old. I mentioned to him that about the six in Toronto. So all the Canadian lineage and verbiage that I'm learning from you did work. And the kid was really quiet that I mentioned up Toronto. And he's like, oh, I got all excited. So it was really cool. So uh, my Toronto knowledge is coming through, man. How you been? Good, man. I'm doing good. Just uh, wrapping up uh, my son's uh, Sebastian's baseball season. I think it wraps up on Saturday. Um, we started them in these like uh, on Saturday mornings. These because he's not doing uh, ice skating anymore, so he's gonna be doing like this ninja warrior like mazes or like gymnastic type stuff, dude. They were they were loving it. So it was a busy weekend again. Um, we enjoyed the beach life festival out here in 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 the South Bay. That was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, man, I'm ready to uh, talk a little bit of shop. Today. And we're like trying to figure out like, okay, so we're asking people like, damn, who should we have? Out? Last night in our group chat, I even sent a request to our guys like, okay, who do you guys want to have as guests? And they gave us a long list of different names. It was pretty cool. I reached out to some of the people. Mark Gubazai, uh, who was supposed to be on in a couple weeks ago, and now because of Otani and how awesome Otani's doing, I sent Gooby a message. Like uh, you saw that one tweet that said, why are you guys talking about Otani so much? And I, I tweeted back, angels, talk about Otani even more and more and more. Gooby sends me a message. Bethel, don't think I forgot about the podcast. We've just been so busy during the season oh, I bet. with Otani, man. It's been cool. It's just that dude to watch him is crazy. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's it's been amazing watching him, watching what that team's been able to do. And, again, it, it kind of, you know, everyone, when they brought Perry Minajan up to the Angels, everyone kind of was like, who? But I told you this, and you asked me about him. I was like, watch, he's going to turn this place around. And he comes from a good pedigree of, you know, being uh, under Alex Anthopoulos and, and all that good stuff. So, um, so yeah, we're seeing it now. And, and obviously, the, the, the biggest thing is that they're healthy. 
they're they're getting production from a lot of guys that they didn't think they were going to get that type of production from. Uh, their pitching has been solid. Um, so, so yeah, man. I mean, you have two SoCal teams right now uh, uh, doing it in in baseball, and obviously, what Otani. It's crazy what Otani has has been doing. Mm-hmm. And you go and look at Mike Trout's numbers, and he is like killing it, man. And it's just to me, it's like. God, Lee, like <laughs> he's being overshadowed for the first time ever by uh by a guy who you know obviously he goes two ways and and it's pretty special when you're when you're watching him. So people, if 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 anything, tune in when that guy is playing. It's yeah. it's special. I mean, we we might not ever 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 see something like that. Honestly, what he's doing is insanely crazy. Yeah, it's awesome. We got to make a trip down to Anaheim. Actually, Toronto's going to be in Anaheim in a couple weeks, right? So. We're mm-hmm. gonna make that road trip. All right, so today's guest isn't a guest. He's actually gonna be our co-host today. We're gonna bring him in right now. And if you've been with us for the podcast started, we the history of how this podcast got going was three years ago. Our good friend Marco said, "Let's just make a road trip to spring training," uh, and we did. We went out to a spring training, and I had a recorder, and we just invited dudes to the house that we got in Scottsdale, and we had no idea what we were doing. That's how we met Tolly, or I did. I met Tolly, and March twenty first of twenty nineteen. This man graced us with his presence, and he's become a friend ever since. Scott Richmond is today's co-host. We bring him in, Scotty Richmond, uh, the the man, the myth, the legend. Episode number two, you can hear it on iTunes. Go back and listen. Wow, in 2019, number two, number two, and today we're on episode 81. Even with a couple you, breaks in there, so there you know, we go. You know, you know, you know what though? Uh, people always ask me like, "What's one of your favorite episodes?" And I'm like, you know, we've had some cool ass yeah. guests, you know, from from Hall of Famers and you know CC to Tim Raines and shit like that. But I'm I'm always like, go listen to Scott Richmond's story because this seriously should be a yeah. damn movie. Like, holy shit! Like every time, I, what's that? I said at least a book. Yeah, at least a book. Yeah, I mean if. I'm telling you, people, if you get a chance, go listen to that story and, and what this guy was able to accomplish, how he did it, the amount of times that he failed at trying to get to the point where he wanted to get. But this guy never gave up. And shoot, man, he was pitching in the big leagues in uh, in in Toronto and doing his thing. And we got to be part of a rotation together. And yeah, I'm glad he's uh, he's joining us today to talk a little ball. And yeah, man. Yeah, dude. Thanks for having me on again. It's uh, I've been following you guys ever since episode one. You know, I was pushing <laughs> up two there and tell my story. But um, you guys have come a long way. You've had some amazing guests and sharing baseball, your stories around the world. And, you know, you're just talking about Otani. You know, the, the next Babe Ruth is a, among us right now. So <laughs> it's been pretty cool and uh, what you guys have been doing. So I've been happy to follow along. Glad to be here today. Yeah. Uh, in Richmond, as you know, this was uh, – when we did episode two, we had no idea what we were doing. And now episode 81, we have an idea of what we're doing, but we're still not doing it. Uh, we don't <laughs> care about war. We don't care about Bapit. We don't care about shit. We don't care. We're not all that other stuff. Uh, let's just talk stories, man. That's exactly what it is. And because Richmond is here, the pride of Vancouver, Canada, I have to take off the hat and uh, bring on my Vancouver Canadians hat. You know, oh, Canada. <laughs> I don't know the rest. As many hockey games as I worked, I don't know the rest. But oh, hey, hey, uh, Richie, um, explain to our followers how big the Battle of Alberta is going to be in hockey this week. Yeah, big, big fan of that. And I'm from British Columbia, but uh, Edmonton's in the middle of Alberta, and Calgary's at the bottom, obviously. But they both just won their game sevens, and they're having a Battle of Alberta, which is the 
conference finals and they'll be playing each other. And it's the first time since 91. So Canada in general, but Alberta as a whole, it will be absolute madness throughout the whole province. Um, I'm really excited. I'm dialed in on each game and I haven't even barely been watching, but there's some superstars on both teams that when you step up like this and you're playing the Battle of Alberta for the first time in like 30 years, big deal. Big deal. Can't Beto, wait to watch I'm it. telling you, I'm, tell, I'm telling you, it's going to be fucking madness. In big those hits. Madness. Big hits, like big fights. Wait, so wait, who's home. playing? Edmont, yeah. Edmonton against Calgary. Because yeah. once the Kings lost, I don't care anymore. So Edmonton <laughs> against Calgary. So is this like the Red Sox Yankees playing? No? No. Yankees, Mets? They're both in the same province. They're both in the same province. So, so it's Yankees like, against Mets? Yes. Okay. Yeah, probably. Yeah. All right. So uh, except except times times a hundred. Yeah, yeah. Rivalry. Like it's it's like like yeah, like they, uh, they there's no they, other they, sports they, in each city that are equal, like to hockey. Hockey's everything, right? So mm-hmm. like the Mets and Yank the Mets and Yankees, they have other sports, the the Nets okay. and the whatever, the Knicks, like this is it. This is all they got. They only got <laughs> hockey, and this is everything. So it's going to yeah. be so much fun. Okay, who are we rooting Good. for, Richmond? Who's our team? My ha- One side of my family is in Alberta, so I mean in Edmonton, so I got to go north and go to Connor McDavid up north northern Edmonton. Yeah. I, 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 dude, I got to watch him live last week, and this is my second time watching him. The dude's amazing, man. What he's able to do, how he's able to control a game, he pretty much – can take over a whole damn game and it's it's so fun to watch him skate he glides over everyone like he just yeah. glides and it's dude it's it, it's like one of those athletes that you just appreciate watching and you and you take it all in you follow him the whole game because you're like man he's gonna do something special he's that guy so um i know my people in toronto uh, i'm so sorry uh about the maple leaves everyone i feel like the city's depressed right now man i talked to a good friend of mine uh, who's from over there? And I was like, "How are how's everyone over there?" They're like, "Dude, the, the city is in straight depressed mode right now after the Leafs getting knocked yeah. out in in Game Seven. This was supposed to be their year. I mean, or they were supposed to go. They were supposed to go past the first round. And Godly man, I wanted that for them, but it didn't happen. Hey, no. So, uh, Richmond. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So, okay, we're rooting for Edmonton. That's our team. Okay, go Oilers. That's what we want. Uh, <laughs> So is this is like the the finals, the semifinals? No, semis. Conference, yeah, semis. You win this, then you go to the finals. Okay, because I love. Oh, no, 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 no. You win this, then you go to the West. This is the Western Conference Championship. Oh, okay. No, no, no. It's not. It's not. No, because you got you got uh, Colorado and St. Louis, dude. This is the quarterfinals, I think. So, right. Well, whatever it is, Ricky's whatever, in the yeah. zone. Ask the guy from LA yeah. about hockey. He's ready. He's yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, but. It's gonna be a dope. And the thing is, Beto, I'm telling you, people, people in Canada hate when like the LA Kings rack up back to back Stanley Cups because here we just, oh, the LA Kings won a Stanley Cup. Like they they haven't had a Canadian team, a Canadian Canadian team win a Stanley Cup, and I don't know how long. So obviously they're like, dude, you guys don't appreciate it as much as we would, and we're like, the LA Kings cool. Like they, they won, it was awesome. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we, we, <laughs> we don't know the meaning of the Stanley cup. So, um, around here, right. I mean, you, you would agree about like, oh, here is like, yeah, D- Dodgers, Lakers, and then they made the Kings come 
you know, but but obviously it was cool when they were going through that run. Everyone turns into a hockey fan. But I'm telling you, if like Edmonton or Calgary or the Maple Leafs won a Stanley Cup, those cities would burn down, like literally. Wow. Yeah. Like yeah. Vancouver. Don't be forgetting Vancouver. We're not that great. And Vancouver. Year, <laughs> cool, could I? As, as a guy whose first credential was hockey and uh, I was the host of the Kings postgame shows the two years that they won recently, uh, you talk about bandwagon, that's me, baby. Go Kings, go. Uh, but right now, go Oilers, go Oilers. That's my team now. All right, go Edmonton. Just because Albert. The only thing I know about uh, Edmonton is because when I was a kid, the Angels had their AAA team up there. So they're the Edmonton Trappers. So uh, back in the day, Rick, they would have like on, uh, on Sunday, the newspaper, they'd have like the local guys in the minor leagues. It'd be the minor league report in the 80s, and you would see names, and it was always like teams in Edmonton, Albuquerque, and like Tacoma. That's how I, that's how I learned geography by minor league teams. It was like, I was yeah. wondering, where the hell is Edmonton, uh, Canada? And the other one was uh, the, the rookie guys would go to Medicine Hat. I don't know what what, what is a Medicine Hat, but they've well, been there. <laughs> and people are people are pissed man because i think wayne gretzky who's a legend in edmonton picked calgary to beat them so everyone's all over wayne right now I guess it's, yeah. you know it, it, when you're an analyst and you're a media guy you can't as beto has said you can't play favorites you just huh? gotta go with who you think's gonna win like that's just the way it is he man. But was the great one. Oh, you gotta say oilers i don't even care <laughs> you are the oiler like are you kidding me you can't be saying Calgary. That's such blasphemy. They're fucking all over them. You turn for the flame for an oiler for fucking decades. <laughs> oh, man. No idea how pissed they are at him. They are probably really, really pissed. Yeah. yeah. Richmond coming strong. Yeah. Baby. Richmond coming strong. There we go. All right. Scott Richmond. Uh, Let's get uh, for those who haven't listened to episode two. Get real your background. You you were working on a boat in Vancouver, Canada, when you said, "Hey, let me go play pro baseball." Is that how it happened? Similar, something like that. Yeah, I was uh, after high school. I worked for three years. It's a uh, it's a log barge division. They do um, all the the barge. Vancouver's a port city, so we bring in all the tugboats and all these big things. Anyway, did that for three years, kind of doing everything, um, painting, cleaning barges, and um, you know hanging out outside and overalls and you know smoking darts and going this ain't my life you know i don't want to do this and kept playing baseball in a men's league and then after that um hold on a second here i got some noise happening um there we go and then after that after that i quit and went to a men's men's baseball league and said you know what i want to play baseball I quit my job Went there, did really well. Went to a wood bat league in another fun city you like, Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. Oh, and then uh, <laughs> headed over there, did well, and went down to the States. So did three years in the States, trying to climb up to D1. Ended up making it to Oklahoma State. Got to Oklahoma State two years. 9-11, couldn't get drafted uh, due to visa issues. So I actually went back to where what you just said, the Edmonton Trappers. And their field now was uh, Telus Field in Edmonton. And their, our team was called the Cracker Cats, which is independent. It was after <laughs> the Packers left, which is another great name. And from there, three years in Edmonton. And then a bunch of ex-Team Canada guys were on there. Knew some connections with uh, Rob Ducey and the Blue Jays. Got a workout in Dunedin, Florida. And um, met Ricky down there. You know, it was a lot of fun coming in there, seeing some talent all over the country. And came into spring training and... You know, broke camp in double A and 
you know, they kind of pinned me and Ricky against each other a little bit. It was kind of funny. I'll tell, I want to ask Ricky about this too, but they kind of pinned us <laughs> against each other. Ricky was a, obviously a highly touted prospect. who had been stuck in double A a little bit. And they brought in this older guy, you know, I'm 27 coming out of indie ball. Nobody's ever heard of me. And they start me opening day. And I know they kind of like <laughs> Ricky, but when you look back on it, you know, so initially we had some rough goes, but like, just because like, who's this old part taking my spot? Like, but if you look back ever since I was there and met Ricky and did that, we both rocketed very, very quickly to the next two levels and ended up having a great career. So we really complimented each other. And that's why our friendship, I believe, stayed this strong for so long because we were there when we were nothing. And then you could have gone one direction and gone out or been the person you were supposed to be. And you ended up flipping it around. And I've kind of take a little credit and uh, pushing your ass to get you to uh, realize. <laughs> no, it really did. And get it done, babe. It really, it really did, man. It really did. Obviously, yeah, you're a young prospect. I'd have been stuck there for a while. And um, it didn't feel good when you're like, oh, man, like, uh, you know what? I, I feel like I've been here, you know, get an opening day started. Here comes uh, Scotty and they, they, they announced him as opening day. And they probably, you know, looking back on it, uh, back on it, they probably did it on purpose, you know, and it was like, let's light a bit of a fire under his ass. He's been here for a while. He has struggled. Um, but, you know, if anything, it, for me, I never took it personal in the sense that like, oh, I can't be friends with Scotty Richmond. It was the complete opposite. It's like, I got to be better. I have to be better. And I understand that. And and when I saw him go to work, dude, the guy came into double A and just straight dominated. And um, and next thing you know, he was making his debut in, in uh, 2008. Right, Richie? Yeah. Yeah. I was in double A till the all-star break and then went up to triple A in Syracuse, had five starts. I was one and two with like a two and got called up. I was my made my debut in from Indianapolis. They pulled me out of my start and went to Toronto and faced the Rays who went to the World Series that year. That's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy, right? Like it's it's crazy because when he came in, dude, he was he commanded the strike zone so well. And I still remember it very, very well. Like he just knew how to command the strike zone. He knew how to pitch. And it's crazy because when you look at today's game, Richie, you, you look at it and it's a bit frustrating, right? Because guys, I, again, we're in an era and I don't want to sound like the bitter guy. I'm not, I'm not, um, we live in an era where velocity is trumps everything else. And, and, and the art of pitching. And I always say this, the art of pitching, um, is to me is the best of the best. It doesn't get any better than that. And we're seeing it like uh, I'm sure you follow a bit of the Jays games, uh, Richie, and you look at like a guy like uh, Kikuchi, like last night, um, a guy that throws 97, but really didn't trust his 97. And yesterday, I think he threw like 64, 65% fastballs. And, and I'm like, that's pitching. Like when, when you trust your stuff, when you let your stuff work in the zone, not when you're going out there and just trying to throw as hard as Hard as uh as hard as you can. And we we know uh when you throw hard and, and you're all over the place, that ninety-seven gets teed off, you know, by by big league hitters. So um, you know, it's it's cool to to see like somebody like that last night actually go out there and pitch and use this stuff to his advantage. And uh and we did it, you know, throwing 91, 92, 93. We weren't throwing as hard as these guys, but we we went out there and I think a lot of that um Obviously, for for you, Richie, it came obviously with experience and everywhere everything you had been through. Um, you just came in ready, and then you go and and you're pitching under a Roy Halladay, and you're just like, whoa! Like this is what it takes to be good up here, and and the way he 
he went about his business. Obviously, we all knew we weren't going to be Roy Halladay, but you took a little bit of his, of his, of his, uh, of of watching him pitch every fifth day. You're watching greatness and the, the way this guy would carve up uh, big league hitters and be in the zone and throw strikes. You're like, okay, I can go out and do that. If I can throw strikes, I know I'm going to be fine. Yep, yep. I have workhorse. Just take the ball and you got to tear it out of his hand. You know, we get to play once every five days. No better person to watch go out there and do that and try to emulate, you know. I still tell yeah. stories of when he was in BP. It just was his birthday too, I think, last week. Um, yeah, or a couple days ago, actually. But uh, yeah, so rest in peace to Roy there. That, that's that been really kind of tough to realize that that's not happening anymore. But, um, you know, I remember telling stories in BP, the odd time that he would get a ground ball hit to him, you know, he would pick it up and you'd never see him just kind of backhand, like flick the, flick the ball in. He would always like perfect execute, throw the ball up out front, like every throw you ever saw him throw. <laughs> perfection. And when you see that at that level, you're like, this is no joke. This is no joke. He's not just like having fun up. This is work. This is everything. This is building his, uh, his or making his craft and building his legacy. So, you know, you kind of see that every day and you're, get, you're, you're honored to see that, that even he does that. So you try and take that for granted as well and not take that for granted and make sure, make sure you're going out there and capitalizing on all your performances. It's Richie, <laughs> Well, no, no, I was going to say, no, and, and it, again, people, if you get a chance, listen to that episode, um, episode number two on our podcast, and it, it, it really is an incredible story, and just looking back at everything you were able to accomplish, because people always ask me, like, they ask me, like, do you have, you know, what's, what's the biggest regret in your career, or this and that, and at the time when I had retired, I was like, man, like, not being able to live up to the contract and all that stuff, but when you have a chance to kind of sit back and 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 reflect on the careers that we've had you i mean there's a lot to be proud of right i mean uh you can look at the negatives but i feel like it's always overshadowed by by the positives when you really sit back and it took me a long time to 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 figure it out but for you last time we talked to you in our podcast you were still playing mm -hmm. like what what um how hard was it for you to to say okay i'm done i'm retired because i know you were still trying to come back for the for the Olympics and, and all that stuff, man, you were still freaking firing away. Um, you know, you I, I you were in the WBC, right? The last one. Yeah, I was in 2017 in Miami. I participated in three of those. And then obviously in 2008, when I got called up, I was on the Beijing Olympic team. Then they yeah. took me off the roster to go up to the Blue Jays, which is totally fine. But it would have been nice to be Olympian. And then Rio de Janeiro and London came no baseball. And then Tokyo was what 2020 and then all of a sudden pandemic and blah 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 so i'm like i just keep getting older you know what i mean it's not getting any easier for me so i ended up trying to stick around and just try to qualify for the olympics to put that little icing on the cake right there to finish off my career we didn't end up making it the usa had a hard time qualifying initially so we had to beat them out dominican batista was playing for the dominican down there at port st right. lucy um but no it was good a lot of fun uh you know i Faced Team USA my last outing that I ever pitched in, so it was good and did well. And, um, uh, you know, it, I played till I was 40. I don't miss it. I do miss the guys. But, like, we can pick up the phone and have a conversation and reminisce like this, you know, and it just brings back all those fun memories. But when you get to hang it up on your own, your own reasons, you know, it's a lot easier to hang it up. 
Um, Shoot, 40 years old, though, man. That's a long time. And you did it for a long time. And the, the, the stuff that you were able to accomplish in, you know, from D1 to, to just professional baseball to, to the big leagues, to going to the Pan Am games, winning that, like, I mean, that still is like a very classic, uh, like, story series, the way you guys beat the U.S. in the finals, all that good stuff. Like, when I, when the first time I walked into your house, um, and you see all the memorabilia that you have. It's 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 cool. Like it's all like stuff that that literally comes from your life, from your career, and and then you go to Italy and you fucking go out there and you're pitching in Italy and traveling out of Italy. Like the 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 amount of um, like you had so much resilience through your career, man. You just loved it so much that I, again to do it at the till the age of forty. That's that's pretty damn cool and. Like, how was that day when you're like, did you know going into the Olympics, if we if we qualify, this is it, I'm done? If we qualify, I'm going to go to the Olympics, obviously. I, and I told yeah. the coaches, I was like, listen, I'll only go and play for the team if, if we qualify and I'll be on the team. You know, I can be whatever you want me to be, but um, I also don't want to take a spot away from anybody that's definitely willing to come. I'm obviously 40, and if you have some 21-year-old throwing 97 that – you want to bring in, it gives you a better chance Then please do. Um, but no, they, you know, they need that veteran leadership kind of back in the day, what AAA was like, where you how you need yeah. those veteran guys that know what it takes to win, been there in the past, kind of hand the torch over to the younger guys. And uh, it was, it was pretty clear to me that if we qualified, I'd be on the team. So I went out there and got ready and pitched in some important games and we didn't end up making it, but uh, that would have been that would have been it, and then not making it that was it. So um, was it was it was it was it was it an emotional like time when it was time to hang it up? Like was it? What, did you like kind of sit back? Did you ever sit back and reflect and was like, man, like maybe tear up? I don't know. Maybe like what, did it did it get emotional for you? Well, yeah. Well, not on the field. Like as I walked off the field. The whole bullpen, so you walk by the bullpen, like all the guys stood yep. up and clapped, like because I just faced Team USA at 40. You know, like you got Duran <laughs> from the Red Sox, you got the Christian Cassis, the Red Sox first baseman in AAA, who's probably coming up. You got, you know, all I don't know, check out the USA roster, it was pretty good. You got Homer Bailey starting, it was pretty good anyway. So to not get absolutely pummeled there kind of felt nice, struck up two guys. <laughs> I struck out two guys. My last batter ever faced, I struck out. It was Christian Cassis, the first baseman for the oh Red Sox play. But, um, yeah, man, it was good. And then on the bus at the end, once we all got eliminated, um, John Axford was on our team. And he's a yep. good friend. He said some really nice words. And what kind of went around to everybody on the team of, like, what they contributed during that and, um, you know, saved me for the end and just kind of – told them where I started and where I am and how thankful he, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to tear up, but yes, there was some emotions and it was very nice to be recognized as the longest tenured Canadian national team member and the things that we've accomplished and the next step. So it was good. Yeah, it totally, um, to I keep saying totally, sorry. Uh, this is a bad habit. Um, Richmond, like I said, when I met you, your story was just fascinating because in this day and age of where every kid is identified as the next big thing at seven years old, right? Where they're going in, they're winning championship rings at these big tournaments, especially you living in Arizona, you see them every weekend. Uh, you're a dude who was working on barges and cleaning barnacles and decided to go chase a dream or whoever knows where that dream may be. 
And it's the baseball is taking you all over the world. And there's a lot of people that listen to the podcast, especially high school kids, because we do Ricky's camp out here. And, uh, you know, shout out to Legacy High and, and Roosevelt High and Garfield High, these kids listening. And we tell them at the camp is use baseball to get out of your neighborhood and go see the world. Go see another state. Leave your neighborhood. It, it can take you everywhere else. But, I mean, when you did have a chance to reflect on it, and I've seen some of your pictures, and you, you, know, you got Larry Walker, the Hall of Famer. You guys are in Team Canada gear. Like, you weren't supposed to do this. Like, you weren't mm-hmm. even supposed to play college baseball anywhere. You were just supposed to be the guy who is going to be at the local tavern at the end of the day after cleaning barnacles, sucking down a six-pack and uh, smoking your cigarette, saying, I could have been, should have been, whatever. Like, what's your best advice for a kid who might say, I'm not following the path, but damn it, I want to chase a dream, whatever that dream may be? Yeah, that's, that's great, Beto. Like, very easily could have gone that way, you know? Um, I just really loved baseball. And whether it's baseball or basketball or football or whatever you love, you got to love to go out there and do it. You got to be able to risk everything for it. And I quit my job. And as like a, you know, 18 year old, 19 year old kid making 25 bucks an hour, like trying to start your life, that's pretty comfortable. And to go, you know what? I want to go chase a dream here. And I want to go to these moose jaws and, you know, nowheresville and just not be with your family, which was fine at 18, but still like, you have to like commit yourself to do that. And then all of a sudden, like not get in trouble along the way. You know what I mean? Like you need yeah. to represent your, you and your family and where you're from in a good way so that other kids can follow you. So being Canadian, as soon as you get down to the States, you're like, what, from where you have baseball. I thought you play hockey. Like they have no idea. They have no <laughs> idea. There's no Canadian history in any American geography, anything. Right. So they don't know about it at all. So want to come down and be known as the hard worker, you know, seen not heard hard worker and just if i was deficient in an area of my game i always wanted to improve it and if i asked a coach hey i need ground balls hit back to me because i'm scared of the ball i'm scared of the ball being hit at me i'll put a cup on i remember like learning how to win it when i needed a cup when they started squaring the ball up in double a i was like i need a cup i need a cup one i remember asking boon chong like where am i getting a cup here so um it's just you learn man you learn I, I was so raw I don't even know if Ricky has any stories but like I was like deer in headlights I had no idea you know but I think that helped I think my maturity being a little bit older uh really helped out but the one thing I always do is when I go back to Canada I do camps and talk to the kids and buddies that have facilities and things and just go in there and just tell them listen I didn't throw 97 miles an hour God didn't bless me with a rocket of an arm and he gave me height. I'm 6'5". And one thing my dad always says is you can't coach height. And you're, you want to be a pitcher, and that's the size they want for pitchers. So you have that going for you. You know, I was tall and skinny and didn't know how to work it. But, like, I kept working at it. I enjoyed practicing, and I enjoyed getting out there and getting better day by day. Um, and it just it, – it worked, man. It worked. I made some, some tough moves along the way. But it, it ended up working out, and I'm glad for everyone. A couple steps back, but a few steps forward afterwards. So it ended up being a really, really good experience. I, I don't think we asked you this on, on that episode, Richie. You take away the big leagues, um, take away pro ball or minor league ball. At what, at what point in your career were you like, I can pitch in the big leagues? Mm. Oh, so mm. – um, like where you were like, maybe, maybe, maybe no one else saw it, but you're like, 
I can fucking do that. So it happened the other way around. I had a really good friend. You probably met at my wedding. His name's Reggie Rivard. He played okay. in Edmonton with me, and he lives in northern Alberta, and he was like the guy who'd been to AAA before with the Rangers, and I just got the independent ball out of Oklahoma State and had no idea about anything. And he saw me pitch for three years there, and then when I finally got to start, he would pump my tires so bad, and he meant it. I could tell he, I could tell he meant it, and I was just like, dude, you're being really nice. I appreciate it. Thank you. Like, he's like, that stuff you had today would dominate a big league team. He would tell me this after, like, I'd go seven, three hits and a run, eight punch-outs, whatever, like a good line, right? And he would just pump my tires, and I was like, dude, I appreciate it. Like, wow. Like, thanks. Like, I don't, I don't know, right? Like, I don't know what it takes to get there. And then the, you keep hearing that. You keep hearing that. And you're like, all right. Then you get a Blue Jays opportunity to try out. Then you go there and do it. Then you go double A and you break camp as an ace. And I'm like, okay, this is happening quickly. Then you move up and you're one and two and you're getting smacked in the mouth a little bit in AAA. But yet you're giving your team a chance to win. You know, I realized it when I got to AAA, I think. But my friends and my close ones on that independent ball team realized it um, the year before when I was pitching there. Yeah. They're like, "You have it. You, you could. This, this plays at the big league level." Damn! Like, this is true. Like, say, what's okay? Go back to listen to episode two, and you get a, all of uh, uh, Richmond's story about where he's been and gone. I, I'm gonna go back to this. You, you're pitching your last game because you'll, people always say you have to tear the uniform off of me before I retire, and uh, or they'll retire for you. When you actually walked off the mound knowing that it was your last game, you had that moment to reflect. You know, I've had this conversation with Ricky. Like a week later when you go back, because for so long your identity has been, I'm a pro baseball player. When did you have that moment of, damn, it's done? Hmm. You know, I've been prepping for it for a while, just being with the pandemic and everything, right? Like I'd been prepping like, oh, wow, I don't want to retire due to the pandemic. Like, let's get a tournament in here. Like, what are we doing? Like, how can we play? We were going to go to Taiwan and we end up going to Florida to play the qualifier, right? So, because Taiwan wasn't allowing anybody there. Um, but, you know, it, it, it felt good, man. I played a really long time. Like you said, I was very fortunate and I shouldn't have been as gone as far as I did. So I can only be thankful for it. I, I, I didn't like leave my jersey on the field and leave my cleats there and take a selfie. <laughs> I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't do any of that. I just I just walked off and thanked people for, especially the coaching staff with Baseball Canada. You know, they gave me a start early on and, you know. Dude, I and, I no- feel, and, I, and I feel like that coaching staff has is like dear and near to you guys' heart. Like, I feel like, you know, not just seeing your stories when you were part of those teams, but like seeing other guys' stories and like, the stubby claps, the the Ernie Witts, like the Larry Walker, just the amount of respect that you guys have for these guys, to me is always special to see. And 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 it almost feels like these guys play such big roles in you guys' lives and careers. And um and it, you guys are so passionate about putting on that that Canada uniform on, and it's it's always cool to see. And and again, this is I'm talking, you know, about like. The Pete Ors. I remember when you guys came over that house. Remember when you were living with me in spring training and you brought all those guys in and just like, how, like, dude, it's like the. I mean, I'm not saying every other country is not passionate, but it almost seems the level of respect that you have for those coaches mm. is always pretty special to see. Yeah, it was cool. One really cool thing about Canada is they keep the same coaching staff all the time, and then mm-hmm. because we don't have such a large pool of high quality players to choose from. 
you're playing with the same guys for 10 years. So yeah. like you're building that rapport. You're building that rapport. The Team USA, they're they're picking guys that are right on the cusp of being, you know, called up or put on the 40 man. As soon as you're put on the 40 man, you're not eligible to play in a lot of tournaments, only the WBC. So you know, oh, okay. USA guys get going a lot quicker and they don't play on the same team and build that rapport. We're all a little less. And we build that rapport. But then anytime we play these guys, they don't want to play us because we have, we know who we are. We know, we know each other. We know tendencies. Coaches knows what that player can do. Regardless if they've been playing indie ball for three, four years, they know as soon as they put on the Canada uniform, they're going to get their best out of them and they're not going to try and do too much. Is that still, is is that still what, is is that still one of your favorite games? The Pan Am uh, walking them off? (laughs) Yeah. So, well, I closed out the game in Mexico to win our first ever gold medal in the senior men's national team. Andrew Albers started the game and then I closed and then I closed it out to finish it against struck out Jordy Mercer to finish the game. And then and then four years later, we went to Toronto and, you know, David Huff did some back pick and tried to do all the. We ended up walking it off with P doors, you know, one of these and um it, that that was that. It's really nice to play for Canada and win on home soil because it doesn't happen very often. We're we're always international, <clears throat> always gone. So to do it in front of our fans in that such a dramatic fashion. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It was definitely a highlight. All right. How cool go on, really quick. I just want to ask him this. How cool was it um having Larry Walker as part of that staff? How like he's having a Hall of Famer? I mean, he's Mr. Canada, Mr. Baseball Canada. Um, how cool is it to be in the presence of him and 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 how was how was he like on a daily basis? He's awesome. He's he's amazing. He's a you know, Maple Ridge guy from BC, where I was from. He was a guy that proved that showed me that guys from where I'm from can make it, you know, just like you are to people where you're from, you know, mm-hmm. he can make it. I can make it. Now it's a different level of player, but you can make it, you know what I mean? And that's the only thing that counts. And then you become the person that you are when you make it, but it just shows you that no matter where you started, you can make it. So he was a big motivator for a lot of Canadians. And now we've been fortunate enough to have a bunch of Canadians in the big leagues where we're extra, you know, yeah, there he is. But he, he loves it more than anybody. He's that's he not does. fake. You know, he wants that so bad. He he's out there. He's working with guys in the cage. He answers any questions people have. 
like he he is a diehard Canadian and super proud guy. And, you know, we just want to do him well and represent our country well with him with us. And we're super fortunate to have that. Yeah, I'm uh, showing the picture. Yeah. If you're listening on iTunes, the picture of you guys winning, uh, was it the Pan Am Games? That's in Toronto. That's the Pan Am Games. Yeah, it's our <clears> second back to back gold medal. All right. Now, most importantly, what kind of beer do you guys have in the clubhouse? <laughs> That's Molson Canadian down to Larry Walker's uh, left side there. Molson Canadian. So, all right, got to get it right. Got to get it right. It's, I ask the important questions. You know me. I ask the important stuff that matters. So, you guys have Molson. <laughs> 100%. So, uh, Richard, you're a kid from Vancouver who played for the Blue Jays in Canada. Awesome. But you mentioned different countries. You played in Mexico in these tournaments. What other countries did you play in? Um, we've been all everywhere. of them. <laughs> like all the Pan yep. Am games? I've been, well, we just had one in Lima, <laughs> Peru. So we went, to, we went to Lima. We've been to Guadalajara, Mexico. Toronto, um, Taiwan, been all over Taiwan, went to Japan, Okinawa, Korea, Seoul, Korea. Um, I missed the Europe trips. They had some trips through the Netherlands and Italy and there just due to playing with Ricky and the Jays in 2008 and nine. But uh, Canada has been to Europe. And then um, where else? We've been in South America. I've been to Panama, had tournament down there. Um yeah, kind of, kind of everywhere. You know, kind of everywhere. A little bit parts of the states. Not really much in Canada, but that Toronto it's, Pan Ams was pretty fun. It's crazy. That's <laughs> pretty dope, right? I mean, somebody who's not supposed to make it be able to experience everything that you experience. I mean, again, the big leagues is the top of the top. But when you like, for me, when I when I look at uh, my journey and stuff like that, I think about yeah, the big leagues was awesome, but it's the root of it, right? I mean, that's what kind of brings you back. For me, it brings me back, like me playing, you know, at my local park to Cal State Fullerton and all that good stuff there. Like, yeah, we can talk about the big leagues all day, but I feel like it's the root of it that is always special. I mean, at least it is for me. And I feel like it, it sounds like it is for you too, man. Like Canada, playing for Team Canada and and, <clears throat> and all that good stuff. I feel like that's, that's those yeah, are the memories that you that. probably... I'm glad you said that because that's what it's like too. We both play in the big leagues. If you don't hear us talking about all our big league moments yeah. all the time, there's yeah. a lot of baseball besides that that maybe means a little bit more just because yeah. of like it wasn't the pinnacle. Now, what people need to understand is the major leagues is a business. It is a business organization that is no longer like extremely super fun baseball. Like it's fun if you're dominating, it's extremely fun. But when you're struggling, everything's magnified. There's a lot more pressure. You're facing the best in the world. You're traveling to Yankee Stadium in the inaugural season. There's air conditioning blowing the dugouts. You're trying not to get too overwhelmed. <laughs> you know, like, I'm telling you, man, it's a business. Well, they get pummeled in an inning a third, and then you're looking over your shoulders for the next four days to see if you can be around. That is stressful, and there's not a lot of – there's fun memories there, but there's a lot of memories that are like, dude, lock it in. This this could be over. Lock it in. Like, But when you're playing for your country, you give up one and a third. You could be out there in two more days because we don't have any more pitching. You know what I mean? Like, you are the guy. <laughs> like, those, and then you go out there and you bounce back, and you prove that, you, yeah, I still – I can do this, and I picked up my team and, like, things like that. And 
those are memories that stick around, you know, and I'm glad you said that because we could be sitting here talking about big league jets and warm cookies and Hagen does, but we don't talk about that. Oh, you you know? got Hagen <laughs> Wait, you got oh, Hagen yeah. in the plane? Hell yeah. yeah. Oh, warm man. cookies. So, so, we mentioned that. And you, I'm glad you know, Scott. You know this. We don't, <clears throat> we don't care about the major leagues. We've mentioned in the beginning. Um, where is your Fubon Guardians jersey at? Hold on, I got a whole closet full of jerseys right here. All right, so he went <laughs> going to look for his jersey. He played for a team called the Fubon Guardians in the Chinese Professional League uh, in Taipei. <laughs> there it is. Wow, one of one. <laughs> Wow. Oh, Fubon Guardians. And, oh, they had home and away. Oh, it's like the Mariners. The Mariners, huh? Yeah. Very nice. They were 48 and 70 that year. Oh, Camo Blue. What, you just have a whole rack right next to you? And this is the team before the Fubon Guardians. That's what I was going to ask. The Ebu, EDA Rhinos, baby. EDA Rhinos. The EDA Rhino, that's they're 61 and 58 that year. That's the jersey I made the catch in. Oh, that's the what catch. Yeah, the famous catch. On that team, uh, there were, I'm counting, two Americans. Uh, Scott Richmond was the only one. If Futi Ni went to, oh, that's nice. Oh, that's oh, dope. <clears throat> Chinese writing, very nice. I like how Richmond gets a. He, he takes all the jerseys. Were you a, were you supposed uh, to take the jerseys, buddy? I got like probably forty jerseys in my closet right here in my office. <laughs> all right. Uh, so you played in Chinese Taipei, uh, and then you also played for a team called uh, Auckland. What is Auckland? Was that even? Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Show and tell with Scott. Dude, in he. 2018 played for Auckland Tuatara. Um, yeah, so- my dad is from New Zealand. Oh, that's right. He's in, it's in New Zealand. Yeah, so like my a, dad's from New Zealand, but they played in the... Okay. They played in the ABL, the Australian uh, Baseball League. So you had an Australian team playing in the Australian... You had a New Zealand team playing in the Australian League, and one of your teammates was Sean Dunstan Jr. Wow. Yep. And Josh Colmenter. Josh Colmenter and Jan Holtzkamp, who also made it to yes. the leagues. Yeah, yeah. Man. He was like six, seven, played for the Pirates, I think. Yeah. So that was interesting. All right. And then the one <clears throat> I'm really interested in is uh, the Nuova Cita Netuno, the oh. Italian Baseball League. Uh, there was no stats, no records. And we're the Wow. <laughs> 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 Dude, how many jerseys do you have? Seriously, how many jerseys do you think you have? I have probably 50. Wow. wow. So you just kept them all? No, I, I got some framed, but I, I, have, I have my first professional jersey. I got all my Jays ones, you know, the baby blue, the one they should have now. Dude, it's I regret. I, I've told you this before, Beto. I still regret oh, not keeping that jersey. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. I, I've been trying to find it, like through somebody, whoever has it, or online or something on eBay. I cannot find that jersey, dude. Wait, like you I, didn't I, that, keep any of your jerseys? One, well, before they used to, I don't know, maybe Richmond said fuck it and, and took more than one, but they used to only <laughs> let us keep us 
keep one. So I'd always just play it by the book and take Rick, one. I don't Rick, know. Rick, you were I know. freaking star. I know. You were I know. the bobblehead. I know. And you were following the rules? Yeah, I did. I did. I did. What kind of Mexican are you? You're supposed to take it everything, bro. <laughs> Richie probably said, fuck that. I'm taking three jerseys. I'm well, taking all of them. The guy, the guy saying no, he prints them every year. It's like, I need this. This is my career. <laughs> I mean, you're going to throw this in the back. <laughs> nope, take it out of my yes. Take it out of I, my paycheck. You should come in with me. I freaking regret not keeping that baby blue one because That's it's such one. a legit jersey. It's a beautiful jersey. This is this is the this 2017 WBC team. Oh, oh, signed by everybody. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So there's some fun stuff in there. I got a Larry <laughs> Walker signed. You got a Holiday still signed. Yeah. I would, so, uh, would, hey, you you think you think you think Larry Walker would ever hop on this podcast and do it with us? If you came on with him, I'm sure he'd do it without me. I'll talk and talk to him. Yeah, oh, I got my hat ready. Him. I got my hat ready. I'm ready to go. Yeah. What, oh, about, yeah. what about? Do you know Joey Votto? I yeah, I, I yes, but I wouldn't be able to call him and go, "Hey, you want to jump on a podcast?" Um, <laughs> we, we'll just tweet him. We'll just tweet him. I could get Axford. Well, he'd be fun too. He's a chef. You should follow him on he, IG. Hey, he's a he's fun you, follow. You've heard that story, right, Beto? He, no. he was like he was doing um, TV last year, actually, for sports. That he did a few games, and then went to try or did the whole uh, Olympic stuff, and was throwing like ninety seven again. And the Blue Jays signed him. Goes to Buffalo, does well, gets called up, or no, no, gets traded to Milwaukee, and first game in the big leagues, blows out his elbow again. Oh snap! For real? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, we'll so follow John. But it, 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 it's yeah. a dope ass story because he he was actually the man in Milwaukee for a while. He was their closer. Had yeah, a, I didn't know had he a came mustache. Back. Yeah, and he had a that that that, that funny mustache that everyone would yeah. talk about. And but the dude threw gas, and then like yeah, he re, like semi retired, I guess. And then <coughs> I, Richie knows more of the story than I do. Yeah, but yeah man, like, that was great. Uh, we'll get these guys yeah, I, <clears throat> now. Uh, the reason I, uh, I love Richmond is because. A couple years ago, after I met Richmond, I, I took my son to Italy, and Richmond's like, oh, I got a tour guide for you in uh, in Rome, no problem. You know, everybody's like, I got a guy, right? I got a guy. No, uh, Richmond's tour guide in Rome was amazing. She's a professor at the university there. She took care of me. We went to the Colosseum. If you ever need to go to Italy, hit up Scott, 48 Richmond. He knows everybody in Italy, and yeah. the best tour guide because... When you go to the, you've been in the Coliseum, right? You know those long lines yeah. outside. Yeah. Nah, nah. Not when you say Scott Richmond's name. We went straight to it. I'm yelling Maximus. I'm all over the place, and people are like, "Why are they <laughs> that not good, leaving? huh?" It was that good. Oh, straight to the front. We didn't have to wait in any lines because it was a, a wow. private tour, just her and I and my son, and it was amazing. We became friends. We're we're taking pictures together. It's all great and just like the the history of it. So if you ever go to Italy and uh, Rome. She'll take care of me. She couldn't get me into the Vatican because she was already booked for other people. But uh, that's when I knew the difference because when I went to the Vatican, I had to go with the commoners. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I got to go back to the Richmond way of life, bro. That's the way to do it. But, uh, Scott, we had on uh, Jason Grilly a couple weeks ago. And Grilly has his own wine uh, that he's producing in, uh, in out of Italy. So he talked about the Italy baseball. And for the people who don't know, real quick, give us the story of what it was like playing in Italy, right? Because – on baseball reference, there's no there's no records of anything. 
No, yeah, no, it wouldn't be. But no, I it was fun. Uh, they played two games a week, my team, Friday, Saturday. So I'd be the Friday starter. And what they'd do is they'd, you'd get up there Friday, pitch, stay overnight Friday night, play Saturday and hoof at home on the bus. So what I would do is we would drive up and then I would pitch Friday. Then we'd travel around whatever part of the country we're in. And then I'd come for the game on Saturday, do my catch and whatever I need to be done. And then we would just stay up there because we wouldn't have a practice until Thursday. So we would just stay in that area and travel around. Like we went to a place called Padua where a buddy of mine, um, Mark Tian played. And then we would go up there. Venice is up there. Verona's up there, you know, and just spend a few days, Airbnbs and travel around. I should have done that, man. I should have done that. I went, You still I, can. I, Come on. You got a couple I, I bullets was, left. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was a little bitter right after my career ended and the way it ended. And I was like so fucking mad at baseball that I didn't want anything to do with it. But I wish I would have done something like that. Something where you like, like Richmond said, it, it just, Hey, you're here because I love the game and it's gonna, I just want to keep playing for the hell of it. And it's an experience. And, and yeah, the man, kids I mean, that, it, it, the kids loved it. That? You're on a team. The, the kids loved it. You're on a team. You're a big leaguer. They're in Italy. They're, you know what I mean? Like they might have had one or two buddies that went to the states to play a ball. Like you, the, the amount of stuff you could teach them, and I still have good relationships with these guys. You know, and it's it wasn't about anything. It was just being we're a team. Let's go try and win, and we actually ended up doing really well. But it was amazing. We saw forty cities in six months with three young kids under four. That oh, is wow. insane. That is insane, Rick. I think and the, and you, Rick, you only play, pitch one day a week, right? Give them five innings. You can do it. Five <laughs> innings, <clears throat> Rick. You got five innings in you. No. Yes, you do. You're only thirty-five. You, you got need five eight. innings you in you. You don't have to throw hard. Just go thumb it. They're gonna love it, right? You're Canadian. <laughs> they're gonna. They're, no, hey, stop it. Cool. You know, no. you, hey, I'm gonna talk hey, to your wife because you, your wife wants to go. <laughs> No, the funniest part was Grilly talking about how when they went to the WBC, how so they had bounced to the next round. I think, oh, you, you Richie, you sent me a message saying you, it was you guys who lost to them and how some of the dudes had to go back home because they had to go back to work. That, that to me is like about as real as it gets for these guys. Like It's like, hey, like, yeah, we came to the tournament. We thought we were going to be like just everyone's going to step all over us. We win, we win and advance to the next round. Now we got to head home. Like, how the hell are we going to do this or else we're going to get fired? That, that to me was the funniest part of the – of the of the of that part of the story with with Jason Grilly, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, Richard, was there wine after the games in Italy? Yeah, hundred percent. Rick, we got. And they do like they do like tall beers there, like Peronis. They buy like the big bulk ones, and then they get these little plastic cups. And I'm like, just give me the beer. Like, why am I drinking this cup? Like, just give me the cup. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to share this, like. And uh, all of us have all of us have, all of us here have been to Italy and. And you guys can attest to this. The wine there is better oh. than any top-notch wine here, without Amazing. a doubt. Even the table wine. And super cheap. The, yeah, the table wine. Yeah, we. I'd go and be like, yeah, just give me your house wine. And I'm like, oh, my God, this yeah. is better than the fucking shit you're paying $150 for yeah. at a restaurant here. That's like, why it's I, just, I've never – ever since then, I, ha, I can't go to a restaurant and just order a $200 bottle of wine like that. No. No, like in Rock Italy, and Ball Wines, like Jason Grilly's uh, wine. Rock and Ball Wines is Jason Grilly's uh, Rock, the letter N, Ball Wines. We're actually going to get some sent to us pretty soon. But uh, that, it was cool. Like, you know, it's, 
Rick, come on. Richmond, tell him he's still got some arm left. Let's go. No. I haven't seen him play catch. I just see him on their rolling ground balls to his kids on IG. I don't see any throws. So I don't know. That's about as good as it gets. We got to get it as good as it gets. Get it up. Come on. Um, Richmond, okay, so – also, I, I, we love your stories. International man of mystery out there playing baseball everywhere. Uh, you know, one of the kids that we have is, uh, or the high school that we deal with is Legacy High School here in, in L.A. And they have kids that are going to go and play Division Three baseball and chase their dream. I'm looking it up right now. Um, in Buffalo, New York. They're going to go to, what's this kid's name? Let me look for it. Uh, he is committed to... Medell College Mavericks, uh, Eric Ariola, upstate New York. They're going to go. They're going to go and play, chase those dreams. And other kids are going to go and uh, figure things out for them. You know, they can use, back to a point where you can use baseball to see the world and do everything else. You know, <clears throat> the impact that it's had for you, again, 18-year-old Scott Richmond, what would you tell him? Oh, yeah. Um, you got to go and do it. And you got to go and do it with a smile on your face. You can't go there thinking, damn, I got screwed. I should be in D1. You know, you just have to be grateful for the opportunity and put the pressure on your coach to, to make a phone call to get you to a junior college next if your goal is D1. I went to a four-year junior college, a four-year NAIA school in Marshall, Missouri. Not a big city like Buffalo, New York, like Marshall, Missouri. And my coach left there, went to a junior college in Louisiana, and I'm like, I want to keep climbing. This has got to be the route. Lost some credits with baseball. I mean, with the schooling, but the best thing I can say is you just got to have a good attitude about it. Keep working hard and climbing and just know where your goal is. If that's D1, then keep going. Now, you might get there and get pummeled and have to come back before you can try to go back. But you got to keep trying to climb and see where you peak. And that was one thing that I tried to do is just keep trying to go up until I got pummeled. And for me, it didn't really happen until I hit the big leagues. Now, don't get me wrong. I got pummeled along the way. But what I'm saying is I hung in and did well everywhere I was at until I got to the big leagues and then, you know, made it and got pummeled more consistently and came down. No, but I think the key word the, the key word there is grateful. And and I think it's being in the moment, staying in the moment and and appreciating the moment. Again, not everyone and this is uh, to the to the kids who listen to us, not everyone that makes it to the big leagues is D1. Not everyone that makes it to the big leagues is this highly touted prospect out of high school, out of college. Not it, the, the the amount of stories that you hear like the Richmond stories. There's there's a lot of guys NAIA schools, D2 schools, D3 schools that just turn themselves into fucking big leaguers. And 100%. and again, it's 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 being grateful for the opportunity that you guys have. And 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 it's and like like Richmond said, is it's stay in the moment and and stay present and and, and put the pressure on 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 coaches. And if you're doing well, okay, what's my next step? Have have a plan out for you for yourself. And um, if it doesn't happen right away. It, it doesn't mean like, okay, my career is over. No, it's, it's, I'm going to keep pushing, keep pushing. This guy right here, again, he's living proof of it. Like there's no excuse to get to the level that you want to get to um, if, if, if you work hard and if you, and if you stay the course that you want to stay on. Um, again, it, it, to me, it, it's cool when you hear stories like that uh, about big leaguers. And um, again, not every highly touted prospect makes it to the big leagues. If that was the case, then <laughs> baseball would be, look a lot different, but the stories, 
um, you know, from Dominican guys to Venezuelans to Mexican kids who who make it to the big leagues, and and then the kids who live here in the states or or Canada, and and they pretty much came out of nowhere. Um, it's what makes baseball special. <clears throat> That's awesome. Very well said by both of you guys, man. Very well said. So, Richmond, what are you up to now besides being the ultimate softball dad? So, uh, one of our ex-teammates, Jeremy Accardo's wife, Carly, uh, started a Peaches Baseball Academy out here in Arizona. So, I am coaching three teams out here. So, I help coaching. But, no, it's been a lot of fun um, teaching all the girls baseball. And it's not softball. So, they're, they're getting their elbows up. They're throwing overhand. They're pitching to each other. You know, I work with all the pitchers and you know, get them to do one, two, three, four, five, step back, elbow, you know, knee up, balance, you know, stride out, power position, land, use your hips, kind of the whole thing, and just teach them how to throw a ball, whether you're pitching or or playing shortstop or being an outfielder, everybody's getting to a power position. So just trying to have fun with that. I got the daughters are loving it. Um, keeps running kids to sports. Um, work and selling software, which is great. It uh, allows me to be at home and I can work from anywhere. We're actually headed up to Vancouver uh, this summer to get out of the Arizona heat. So that'll be a good time. But yeah, we're happy, healthy. My wife and I are doing great. She's doing a real estate gig. So we're happy. We're blessed and uh, a lot of good things. And, uh, you know, really glad to be on here with you guys. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Glad to hear that. So you're teaching the girls how to play baseball. That's awesome. I'm one of them. Yeah, it's it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. You know, I have three daughters and, you know, if they were on a co-ed team, they'd be playing all the bad positions. So Carly started this up and just have all have all the girls start their own league and go against the boys. But then you get them better. They're playing shortstop. They're pitching. They're catching. They're playing first base. And this is how they develop. Right. You're not going to develop playing right field the whole time. Um, That's true. You get yeah, what, a, what a great idea. That's awesome. That's yeah. really, really cool. That's really, really cool. Peaches yeah. Baseball out in Arizona. So if you're in Arizona, hit up Scott Richmond. All right, Richmond, we'll talk to you soon. We'll get you back on again. Richie, um, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, actually, hold on, hold on, uh, Richmond. There's a guy, <laughs> this guy, uh, Mikey G. He uh, he leaves comments, or Mikey V, and he always posts those pictures, like the Photoshop pictures. He just sent me one right now. Do I even want to open this up, Mikey? <laughs> Uh, make sure you follow the Instagram. I'll post this one. This is a uh, he's creative. This one guy, thing I to he's creative. Yeah, what the- <laughs> yeah, oh, look at that. Dirty <laughs> I, I sit right here with the Mexican crowd, but that bad boy. <laughs> but uh, and, and Tolly is not to be left behind. Tolly was added to, and oh, this Mikey V guy. I've never met him. I don't know him, and I don't think I want to know him. But uh, he gets creative. He gets absolutely That's creative. Awesome. He wanted to make sure Tolly was involved too. And there- <laughs> 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 love our fans. Love our fans. I right? love it. And as always, if you want to uh, make sure you go rate, review, subscribe, all that other good stuff. And episode number two is where you can go and listen to the entire Scott Richmond story. Scott, appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Enjoy Canada. Go Oilers. Ricky, we'll talk to you. Oh, by the way, no show next week. Uh, no show next week. We are busy golfing. We have an outing involved, and uh, we're trying to get Ricky on the PGA Canada Tour, so we're, we we got to golf next week. So no show next week. We'll talk to you guys soon. Oh, <coughs> Richmond's Richmond, Richmond, Richmond serious about golfing, too, man. He's, he's a good golfer. 
Yeah. I, I was I was hoping we'd get a little base golf talk in here. I've been seeing your swings online, you know, you guys. Ricky, I need you a little bit more Watch balanced. Out. After you swing, your swing looks good, but you're falling over. Let's get some core strength hey, there. Let's balance it let, out. Let, let, let them know what I shot yesterday, Beto. Let them know. Okay. So, since you want to talk golf, because once again, we don't care about baseball here. Uh, Ricky yesterday on fire, Richmond. Legit on fire. Probably the best I've seen him play. Uh, he took everybody's money. Uh, like, as in, he showed up and was like, we played with the guys that were pretty good, and uh, I was surprised at how strong he played. I mean, we know he can drive, but he drove consistently all 18. Like, I was like, whoa, crushing it nice. yesterday. So, nice. he's coming after it. What did, I, what, what, what did I shoot, Beto? I don't what know that I? number, because I've never seen that number on a golf cart before. 80. I shot an 80. Yeah. I was plus nice. 8. Plus Plus eight, and I had a triple on like sixteen, which yeah. is terrible. Yeah, so he yeah. should have been seventy-seven. He with a triple. Yeah, yeah. Wow, dude, I had like four, I, had, I shot, I shot like four bird. Or I, 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 yeah, I think I had like four birdies. And he had. It was insane, uh, dude. It was insane. I've never had a round like that. It was insane, and and who knows? You know, you know how golf is. I mean, shit. Next round, I might come. He out also had a 95. twenty-five foot putt that rolled in nicely. He had a fifteen yard, fifteen foot putt that rolled in nicely. He was rolling the rock really nicely, and uh, <clears throat> I gave him credit yesterday. I don't want to do it today, but no, he was on fire, like legit on fire. And that's we're, the we're ready that's for the you. Thing when your buddies, that's the thing too. When your buddies are not, when they're drinking and they're not doing well, they're like, "You need a beer, Rick." You're like, "No." I do not need a beer. I'm locked in. No, I, I had a beer. I had a beer. Yeah. You had a tall michelada. A, a good friend of ours who's a really good golfer. I think he's uh, Brian. He's like a a four or five handy, which he's pretty damn good. Yeah. But and I told him messing around the day the night before. I was like, hey man, I'm gonna whoop your ass straight up. He's like, you're dreaming, dude. And I'm like, no, I really am. I'm gonna whoop your ass. And I said it messing around, dude, because obviously he we never come close to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I was up like seven, eight strokes on him going into like 18. Yeah. And he the, was like, what the hell? On the, the skins game, I, I think a whole 10, uh, Richmond, they all said, uh, Ricky already won. Why were we even playing? Like he was oh, cleaning baby. up. Cleaning up. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, get back up. Again, get back up I stink. I stink. <laughs> golf, is, golf is hard. But yesterday, I'll take that. I'll take a round yeah, like man. that. It leaves you feeling good. Yeah. I, I had a great round. I didn't, I only had one triple, so I was good. Great, man. <laughs> hey, no. awesome. Richie, what, what do you shoot? What do you shoot, Richie? You, you I shoot low eighties. There you go. So I'm eighty five. I've never broke eighty though. So like, you know, I'm not. I'm not. There's no great next to my name, but I'm. I haven't shot in the nineties in a long time. I'm like eighty six to eighty. Yeah, I think eighty two is my lowest. But you also play with people who are like are good. Ricky's playing with me, who I'm messing around, harassing them. So <laughs> it is nice. It is nice when you got a, somebody like hitting the ball well and pushing you and pushing you to do well. Like it is nice. So it's even more of a challenge when you're messing around. and He's having to play well. So it's. I, I know my game. role. My role is to be the fourth guy to show up. That way, no single gets in the group. So I, I know what I do, and I, and I record the videos for you. I, I know, and try to get free stuff. By the way, we got some free golf balls coming our way. By the way, too. Uh, and I nice. like that hat, Richmond. That's a nice hat. We're trying to get them involved too. Oh, here we go. Do it. Here we go. Those hats are bomb diggity. Yeah. Yeah. Those ha yeah. those hats are eighty bucks too. So we. we yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you only buy one. You only buy one. 
Oh, buy. We don't buy anything. No, 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 no. Beto's my, my agent. Yeah, your agent. All right, here we go. Yeah, if it's free, it's me. Give me three. We'll take care of you, Richard. We'll talk to you guys soon. Another edition of the Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast. See you guys.